Well, happy Sunday, everybody. We're going to have some testimonies from our men here in a minute. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about encounter with God. We want to lead you to a place of encounter. Look at the person next to you and say, Pastor wants to lead us to a place of encounter. That's all I want for you. I don't care about money. I don't care about stuff. For you, you don't need that. It's not what you need. You think you need money, but that's not what you need. That's what you think. You think you need a car. You think you need a job. You think you need a wife or a husband. You think you need. But if you don't have the most important ingredient, encounter a relationship with the Lord, none of that stuff satisfies. It doesn't fix anything. So the stuff comes. It comes as a result of having relationship with the Lord. All that stuff gets added to you. But that's what you've got to seek first. You've got to seek the king. You've got to seek his kingdom. You've got, to, you've got to learn to live according to the laws of the kingdom. Make that your priority. And the rest will be added unto you. And what God is in the business of doing is taking you out of slavery and bringing you into kingship. He's taking you from the prison to the palace. He's taking you from being an outsider to being part of the royal family of God. And when you become part of the royal family, you can only be born into a royal family. You can't be adopted. You have to be born into it. That's why you have to be born again of the Spirit of God. And when you are born of the Spirit, then you are born into the royal family and you become a child of the king. And there are no king's kids that are broken poor. Unless they decided to take daddy's inheritance and run away with it. But if you live in the palace, if you live with the king, then everything the king has belongs to you. There's no lack. There's none of that stuff. And so that's what, that's what this is all about. This is about you knowing him and walking with him. And we got to, there's people in here who's had an encounter with the Lord who knows the Lord. Okay? Well, there's some people in here who don't know the Lord. Never had an encounter. We took some guys on a trip. Some of them have never experienced any of this stuff before. And those of you who have had encounter, what do you do with the encounter once you've had it? It's like, oh, I had an encounter with God. Go brag to all your friends. Have a spiritual badge on your shoulder. Like, I... <laughs> badge one. And so it's understanding what this journey is all about. And I love teaching this journey because if you understand what it's all about, it becomes easy. It becomes simple. But if you don't understand what this is about, you come to church, you have no clue why you're here. It's just another, just the thing we do on the weekend. It's not the thing you do on the weekend. <laughs> this, this is your life in Christ. Everything is brand new out of that. This becomes the most important thing in your life. 
If hanging with God's people and living this life in Christ is not the most important thing to you, then you haven't broken through yet. You think we're nuts. You think you're crazy, man. These people go church every weekend. They were the Christmas and Easter Christians, the CNE Christians. Some of you used to be them. You only go to church on Christmas and Easter. You celebrate his birth and you celebrate his death. And somebody has to invite you and it needs to be a play and they got to give eggs away. You got to have inflatables for my children. That's the Christmas Easter Christians. Who used to be one? No shame. Everyone else is lying. Or they just got dragged to church every week. Who got dragged to church every week? You had no choice. By the hair, you are going. And so what we want to do is we want to lead you out of this place of uh, slavery to sin, not knowing Jesus. We want to bring you to a place where you walk in the kingdom and you are blessed. Amen. So. Listen to this. I'm going to read this out of the book of Exodus. This is Moses' encounter, right? Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Imagine a bush talking to you. A bush that's on fire and then a voice comes out of it. You know, we read these things and think, oh, yeah, of course, you know. Imagine you're walking in the bush, like in the wilderness, and across the way you see a bush on fire. Now, it wasn't uncommon for bushes to burn in the wilderness, you know, they burn. But this bush was weird because it wasn't being consumed. So Moses is like, I'm going to go see what this thing's all about. He walks up over there and the bush starts talking to him. Moses, imagine that. I'd be freaked out. I would run from the burning bush. I would run. Bushes on fire talking to you. It's like the snake in the garden. Imagine a snake rolling up like, hey, what's up? Did God really say you shouldn't do that? We think it's normal reading these things, but it's not normal. Bushes talking, snakes talking, donkeys talking. Lord, let some bushes and donkeys and talk to us in a way that gets our attention, God. Imagine a hand appearing and then writing on the wall. You would think the aliens had landed. Here I am, Moses replied. Don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. And then God introduces himself. I love it. 
I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When you have an encounter with God, God wants to give you an assignment. Look at the person next to you and say, encounters are for assignments. Who wants an assignment from the Lord? Well, then you need the Lord to come and talk to you. Jesus called his 12 disciples. He called them by name. You need to be sent of the Lord into your assignment. Look at somebody and say, you can't just go. You have to be sent. See, when the Lord sends you with an assignment, you have authority to do what he told you to do. When you just go and do it in your own strength, you will fail miserably. Why? Because he didn't tell you to do it. Say, that's the difference between doing things for God and God doing things through you. I'm going to go do this for God. Well, no, God doesn't want you to go do things for him. He wants to do things through you. And what he does is he puts the assignment in your heart. That's what this mountain is all about. This mountain is about God writing on the tablet of your heart. We've got to bring you to the place of, of encounter so that you understand your identity, that you understand who God is, and that you get your assignment from heaven and you're empowered by the Spirit. That is a word that you can stand on. God says, go to Pharaoh. I've got a word I can stand on. I can go face a Pharaoh. Go take down a giant. If you go in your own strength, you're not, you're not going to make it. And there are things that God wants us to do in taking territory, but God needs to send you and you need an encounter. So I'm talking about encounters. And I want to help you understand what encounters are all about and why we need them. I want to help you understand what encounters feel like, what encounters look like. And then we'll talk maybe next week about what to do with that encounter. Can I get an amen? And so here it says, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hivites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hittites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead my people out of Egypt. So God wants to send you on assignment to lead people. He wants you to take people out of captivity, out of bondage. God is hearing the cries of people. God knows the hearts of people. And God wants to send somebody who's available. God wants to send somebody to go deliver them from what it is they're going through. And God is still looking for people today to do His work. Amen? And the question is, are you ready to go on assignment? Will you say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. I give you my life so that I can become your body that you can work through in the earth. That's what this is about. 
This is about you being the temple of the Lord, the mouth of the Lord, the hands of the Lord, the feet of the Lord, the wallet of Jesus. Are you going to fund it? God wants to fund it through you. There's a work to be done. God wants to raise up kingdom business people that'll take the wealth and instead of squandering it on their own desires, saying, Lord, I love you, and I will pour it on whatever assignment you need done to get the work finished. That's what this is all about. It's about getting the job of the kingdom done, the will of the king done in the earth. And God's will is for people to come to know him. God's will is for people to live in freedom. And here we see that God wanted his people to come out of slavery so that they could go to this mountain to worship him. Look at the person next to you and tell him God wants people to know him and to worship him. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? When God gives you an assignment, that's the first thing you're going to say, God, me? You got the wrong person. I'm not qualified to do this. Look at somebody next to you and say, God doesn't look for qualified people. He looks for willing people. And then he qualifies them. If you are willing and obedient, that's what he's looking for. Because what happens is when you say, God, I, I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be your mouth. I'll be your hands. I'll be the wallet. I'll be your feet. I'll be whatever you want me to be. Not my will. Your will be done. He comes and says, okay, that's a person I can work through. And he downloads into you. He imparts something into you that gives you the ability to do what you couldn't do before. You, you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, your phone, you go to the app store, suddenly it can do things it never could do before. Why? Because you got some new software on it. God's given you the hardware. All he's got to do is upgrade your software, and suddenly you think differently. You can act differently. And when God drops the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, the Spirit of grace, he gives you the power to do things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where do you think that comes from? All things. And so Moses is questioning, I can't do this. You see, when you look at your, yourself, your ability, you'll never be able to do what God has for you. But when you look to God and trust in His ability, then He can do it through you. Amen? Well, I'm too old. Moses was 80. If you're 80, you're just getting started. Joshua too, 80. Took down giants. You gotta watch out for these old guys. They got nothing to lose. They lost their hair, they lost their teeth. So check this out. Exodus chapter 3 verse 12, and God answered, I will be with you. And then he says, and this is a sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So the very mountain where he had an encounter, the mountain of God, he says, I'm going to have you go back here 
and deliver my people out of the hand of Pharaoh, out of bondage, out of slavery. I've heard their cries. And you're going to lead them back to this very mountain to encounter me. And anybody that's had a genuine encounter with God knows that all I want for anybody else is what I got. Because it's real. And it changes your entire life. And you will never, ever be the same again. Just one. One encounter with a burning bush. You can't meet the God of creation and be the same. I think I met the Lord. No, you didn't. Because when you meet Him, you genuinely shake and vibrate and experience something that is overwhelming beyond what you can handle. Something you've never experienced before. But it's good. Look at the person next to you and tell them, it's good. Say, you need it. You got to have it. You need it. You got to have it. Got to. You got to. Where do you think those people come from? Why? Because they had an encounter. And so the key is that God wants to lead the people out of slavery to worship Him. And that's what this is all about. Bringing people to the place of freedom where they can worship God. Amen? And so, the great thing about it is that when you come to this mountain and you get your assignment, then you go into enemy territory to take, take land. That's what we're getting ready to do again. We just keep taking more and more territory. You see, what it's like, what God wants to do is like Mary, if you think about Mary, she has an encounter with his angel. And the angel comes to her and gives her an assignment. Let's just read that quickly. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Look at somebody and say, God is looking for virgins. Those who are pure in heart. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son. Here's the assignment. She has an encounter with an angel that brings the word of the Lord to give her an assignment. Look at the person next to you. Tell him, when you get an encounter with God, he wants to give you an assignment to do something to be a blessing. And He wants to birth it through you. God wants to birth things through you. And what are you going to let Him birth through your spirit? I'm telling you right now. We, we're gonna, every time we open another center, it's another birthing of something brand new. We might have 44 centers. Who knows? I like the number 44 says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Gives even clarity to every detail of the assignment. He will be very great, and he will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how? I'm a virgin. Moses is like, no, you got the wrong guy. It's impossible. 
And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has, been, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. Yeah, some of you have never birthed anything for the Lord. And this is a season where you will not be barren. As a bride of Christ, you're going to birth the Word into existence. Mary birthed Christ, but you're going to birth the Word that God puts in you for the assignment that He's given you. Are you with me? Men can get pregnant. I know it's controversial nowadays. In the Spirit. Look at the person next to you and say, in the Spirit. Some of these guys are confused. They think they've got to give birth in the natural, but really what they need to do is give birth in the Spirit. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And the angel left her. So basically Mary said, look, I don't get this, but according to your word, be it unto me. I can't do it. It's impossible for me. I don't know how this can happen, but go ahead. According to your word, let it be true. Let it happen through me. And that's what you've got to do. When God comes and he wants to drop an assignment on you, you just have to be in the position where you say, God, I'm not qualified. God, I can't do this without you. But God, I want to do something special for you. What can I bring from heaven to this earth? Jesus prayed the prayer and say, taught his disciples how to pray. He said, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God has got a plan. God has got a will. God has got vision. God has got assignments that he wants done in the earth, but he's looking for people to partner with. Not looking for a one-night thing. Not looking for a weekend jam, a C&E, Christmas Easter. No, he's looking for someone that's faithful and committed and will serve him and will be there. Loves him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Trusts him. And he will come. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. Each and every one of you that have not got assignments from heaven will get assignments. You cannot sit in this house and not have an assignment from heaven. We're not raising up barren people. We're raising up people that know the Lord and that birth things into the earth for the king and for his sake. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, you will do great and mighty things for the Lord. The Lord is going to use you. He's going to give you an assignment. He's going to birth something through you. But you've got to want it. So, you know, we're getting ready to go to Africa. We're getting ready to take some territory. The bee nerds are getting ready to go into our community and take territory. See what this is about? This is about you coming to the front line of the army of God and taking territory for the kingdom. God never called us to come just sit in church and do nothing. He didn't. Now, I understand that when you're an infant, we can't put a shotgun in your hand. But we want to mature you and we want to raise you up so that you can stand with the power of God and you can demonstrate the glory of God to the wicked kings and to the enemies of God's people. And that means God wants you to go step into an area where God does not have authority. No, here we go. This is about to get real up in here, up in here. God wants you to go into enemy territory, and he wants you to take ground for God's people. But look, if you can't even bring 
If you can't bring divine order into your own life and then into your family, how are you going to take it into the city? And so God has to start with you bringing you in alignment. And then once you get in alignment with God, then you can bring your family in alignment, your household to serve the Lord. And once your household is secure, you can now go and take territory outside of your house. But if you think you're going to march into enemy territory and you don't have your stuff together at home, the devil will destroy your household. It's not going to work. He doesn't actually not destroy it. It won't work because your house is divided and it cannot stand. So how is it going to step outside of the house to do something for God when you don't even have your stuff in order? That's what hypocrisy is all about. People put on a mask and pretend everything's all right, but back at home, things are a mess. Nothing in your household is working right. So what are you doing? What are you going to replicate? So we've got to work on us getting right with God. Then we've got to bring our family in order. And then as a family, we can step outside of the house and say, together as one, we're going to go take territory for the kingdom. Are you with me? And so many times what, what people try to do is they want to serve and they want to do things for God. But God says it clearly in the Word that the key to being in ministry is you being able to oversee your own household first. People think, I've got to go to Bible school. You don't need to go to Bible school. You need to get your house in order. That's the foundation for your ministry. Because what good does it do if you've got a theological degree that you can stick on the wall? You've got a lot of head knowledge, but you can't even make it work in your own house. What's that going to do for you? Nada. Your kids won't serve the Lord. Your wife hates you. But yo, I'm in ministry and i got a badge. <laughs> Idiot. So what we need to do is we need to get your house in order. Firstly, starting with you and then seeing it ripple through your family. And while I was standing here in worship today, I really saw that the Lord has laid a solid foundation in this house. With our kids, with the wives, and with our men. There's something solid that is in here now. It is unshakable and it will be unbreakable. And I'm telling you, this is the foundation that God builds on. He's going to build on this foundation. And I really believe that us as, as a house, I know there's new people and stuff, but there's people that have been here over the last two years. We've really been focusing on building structure into this place to see growth begin to happen. Amen. We've been, we've been working with child care in our centers for the last 14 years and really focusing on building that. And the reason we focused on building that was because we didn't want to be beggars. My wife and I have money outside of church. And so we have the freedom to stand here and not be beggars. I have the freedom to stand here and say, Tina, eat the food. And if you want to leave, that's fine, because I don't need your money. I can say Jesus is Lord. I can say the Holy Ghost I, is, is vital and you need it. I can pray in tongues. And I don't have fear. Why? Because I'm not serving money. 
And I don't need to please you to get money from you. Because all the bills are paid. So the only motive I have is to get you the fire so that you can get your life right with the Lord. So that He can deliver you from all the bondage that you've been living in. Can get your household straight, get your family back together, get your life in order, and find out your assignment from heaven, and then go kick some devil butt because of all his torment that he's done to you and your family. <laughs> payback time. It's payback time. Religious church does nothing. We need an army that's willing to break out of these four walls and go do something. And that's why we got to go to where the devil is, and we got to go look the devil in the face, and we got to take, dethrone him. That's why you got to get involved in government. You go to the you go to the gas station right now. You're groaning because 12 months ago, 14 months ago, gas was at one dollar ninety eight cents. Don't tell me. Don't tell me it doesn't matter who's sitting in that seat. And so we as the people have to realize that whoever sits in a seat of authority, what they believe, everybody has to submit to. And as you, as a, as a, as a leader in your home, what you believe your kids have to submit to. And if you, can't, if you can't get your house righteous, how are you going to go do damage in any other territory? Are you with me, family? And so we've got to do the work that's required so that we can become the leaders in our own households that God wants us to be. So that from that place of strength and security with our home in order, serving the Lord, knowing the Lord, standing together. You can step outside of the home and say, okay, God, what are we going to go do in this community to bring change. And God wants to use you. But you've got to make yourself available. I didn't come here to do this. Well, this is our agenda. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear, I put you in St. Lucie County and you took that territory for my kingdom. Do you know that God is going to assign cities to people when we reign with Christ? Cities, states, nations. Do you not know that you will judge angels? So God is looking for leaders, people that will stand up for righteous things for Him. And even if you get persecuted for it, bring it on. I'm willing to stand in the face of the devil and those that are haters of God, and be bold, and not care what they will do to me. And knowing that when you stand in that place, you stand with authority, and God is going to use you to bring the giant down. People are looking for money. Go take down a giant, and money will come to you. David, when he took down Goliath, he didn't have to pay taxes ever again. He got the king's wife. He became wealthy in a moment. And so you've got to find your assignment. You've got to go have your mountain encounter. Get your assignment from heaven and then go take territory. And we'll show you exactly how to do it. Amen. Because Misty and I have been doing it. This is how we live. This is how we operate. 
We don't do things because we think it's a great idea. We do things because we, we got it written on the tablet of our heart in the fire. And then no matter what comes against you, God is with you. Amen? That's how we pray. When I pray, I'm not like, oh, God. Oh, that's thou heavenly Father. Hear my cry. No, my prayer is, God, you said on this day, at this time, do this. And that's what we stand on. Amen? You got it written in your journal, your encounter with God, what God said to you. And you go stand on that word and you say, Lord, you'll come through. I believe because you showed it to me on this day. You didn't bring me this far to cause me to fail or die. No, God, you're bringing me into the fullness of what you said because you watch over your word to perform it. And that's how you live in victory, family. It's one thing to have scripture in your head. It's another thing when God comes and writes it on your heart. Now it's in you. It's burning like fire. Amen. So that's the conclusion of my message. Everybody stand. Just going to pray over you. So you're standing in this place and you're saying, you know what? I'm not qualified. Good. God's not looking for people who think they're qualified. God's looking for people who are humble, who say, use me. I'm available no matter what it is. There's people standing in here who have never heard from the Lord before. It's fine. Tonight you could hear from him. And family, the only thing that I can tell you is you have to lay your life on the altar. That's where it all starts. You have to say, I'm going to put my life on the altar, and God, I give it to you. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care how much you've achieved. You've got to take everything you have and put it on the altar and say, God, I give you my entire life. My plans, my purposes, my hopes, my dreams all my failures, everything. I give you my wife, my cat, my dog, my chickens, whatever you have, my bank account, my debt, my jacked up mindset. God wants you to take everything you are, everything you have, no matter what it is, how it is, and say, here, Lord, I give it to you. And that was me at age 23. When I totally screwed my life up, and I just escaped death, and I just managed to come out of that life of sin alive, and I didn't pray some holy prayer. I just looked up to heaven and said, God, I know you're real. I've lost everything. I've screwed my life up. And if there's anything you can do with me, you can have it. Not very holy. Not very like, oh, angels singing. Just God, I'm at the place of full surrender, and I meant it. And don't wait till you have tragedy before you surrender. Don't wait till you have nothing till you surrender. Surrender now while things are good. And then see what God will do with your life. Can I get an amen? amen. So right where you're standing, lift your hands in the air. And if you, if you really mean it, if you really want to do business with God and you really want God to do something through you, then you just got to make a decision you're surrendering. And if this is what you want, then repeat this after me. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you today. And you used Moses, a murderer. You used Mary, 
a virgin. Teenage virgin. And I stand before you, God. And I want to do something great for you. I want to birth something in this earth for you. And I ask you, Lord, to send your word into my heart. I want an encounter with the living word. I want to receive an assignment. Now, there's some of you in here, you may have already received an assignment, but God wants to take that assignment into another season. 30, 60, 100 fold. And the strategy of the enemy is to get you to abandon the assignment. Get comfortable where you're at. And so if you're already in an assignment and you've already had assignment, say this, say, Lord, I'm ready for the next season of increase in my assignment. Say, I give you my life, everything I have. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Not my will, but your will be done. I give you my life, God. Everything that I have. And I ask you to use me for your glory. Teach me. Lead me. Guide me. I cannot do it without you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.